Tonight on Huckabee, the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, bolster Robert Cahaley, unforgettable funny man Mike Jane, country singer and songwriter, author Craig Morgan. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Filbury. have a great enthusiastic audience. We got people from 20 states here in our audience. And uh, if you've never been to our show in person, you ought to get tickets. Go to Huckabee.tv and order your tickets and make a trip to Nashville. There's lots of things to see and do, but nothing, nothing is more fun than coming to a taping of the Huckabee Show. Well, just over a month from now, voters across America are going to be voting, and the stakes are high. Some early voting is actually going to begin in a few places in the next week or so. The contrast to the competing parties has never been more dramatic. I'm frankly not as confident as I'd like to be that if the Republicans win both houses of Congress, that they will do a whole lot of what they promise. I've learned to be deeply disappointed in Republicans when they are in power in Congress. Time and again, I've heard the promises, but rarely have seen the results. Now, I'd love it if they got in power and actually conducted honest and thorough investigations into everything from the DOJ and FBI, who are brutally trampling the civil rights of Americans by using our taxpayer-funded power as a weapon to punish Christians, pro-life people, and conservatives. And it would be great if they would find out whether Joe Biden really is the big guy, you know, the one reportedly uh, referred to by Hunter Biden as the one who's getting a cash cut out of the dirty deals that Hunter made with the communist Chinese government and the corrupt Russian and Ukrainian business oligarchs. And we need to know if the IRS is politically targeting conservatives, Christian groups, and pro-life ministries so as to intimidate them. We need to know why the FBI is sending large teams of armed agents swarming into the homes of pro-life advocates, scaring the daylights out of their children, or conducting armed raids on a certain former president when they have never done that to previous presidents who also had classified documents from their time in office. To help explain what's the difference between the parties and how it impacts your life, let me just retell a story that I heard recently I think it puts the election in very clear perspective. A woman in a hot air balloon realizes that she's lost. She lowers her altitude and she spots a man fishing from a boat below. She shouts to him, excuse me, can you help me? I promised a friend I would meet him an hour ago, but I don't know where I am. The man consults his portable GPS and he replies, Well, you're in a hot air balloon approximately 30 feet above a ground elevation of 2,346 feet above sea level. You're at 31 degrees, 14.97 minutes north latitude, and 100 degrees, 
49.09 minutes west longitude. She rolls her eyes and says, you must be a Republican. <laughs> and the man says, well, I am. How did you know? She says, well, everything you tell me is technically correct, but I have no idea what to do with your information, and I'm still lost. Frankly, you're not much help to me. The man smiles and responds, well, you must be a Democrat. And she says, well, I am. How did you know? Well, says the man, you don't know where you are or where you're going. You've risen to where you are due to a large quantity of hot air. You made a promise that you have no idea how to keep, and now you expect me to solve your problem. You're in exactly the same position that you were in before we met, but somehow now it's my fault. Somehow, I kind of feel like that story sums up what we're up against. As I said earlier, I'm typically disappointed in Republicans when they get in power because they seem to never get around to doing the big things they promise. But a Congress that does nothing would be a great improvement over the one we have right now that is destroying our country before our eyes with higher taxes, reckless spending, that is creating runaway inflation, stagnant paychecks for working Americans, a stranglehold for small businesses, a justice department that labels parents as domestic terrorists just because they actually care about what their school children are being taught, and which tramples the rule of law and due process. And we might even stop a Congress that lies about the border being secure, but doesn't seem to care that human trafficking and drugs are coming across those open borders in record numbers. And we've got to stop the uncontrolled crime wave led by some of the Democrats who believe in defunding the police, letting violent criminals out just hours after being arrested, and who never face consequences for bashing in the head of an elderly subway rider, shooting randomly and killing small children, or torching police cars and federal courthouses. Now look, Republicans, I'll be honest, they're not always that great, but they aren't stark raving crazy. And as much as I'd like to see a stout Republican Party truly fight to restore a constitutional republic, right now, I'd settle for them just stopping the silly, the insane, and the dangerous. I really would. Late last month, author and filmmaker Matt Walsh who did the blockbuster documentary and book called What is a Woman? Well, he lit up social media with a report that shocked millions of us, and it's prompted calls from lawmakers to investigate Vanderbilt University Medical Center and their pediatric transgender clinic. One of those lawmakers is Senator Marsha Blackburn, who says there is nothing healthy about mutilating the bodies of minor children, and there's nothing moral about putting profits ahead of them either. I want you to welcome back to our show one of our very favorites and a true courageous member of the United States Senate, one who will get things done, Senator Marsha Blackburn and The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh. Give him a big welcome, please.
so glad to have both of you here. Matt, let me start with you. You recently found out that Vanderbilt Medical here in Nashville um, is doing some things that are just, I think, shocking to many of us. What did you learn and how did you find out about this? Well, we, we know that uh, look, medical clinics and hospitals all across the country are mutilating kids, they're drugging kids under the, you know, under the, uh, the pretense of, of affirming their gender, which is to actually try to change their gender, which is impossible. And we know this is happening all across the country. And, and given that we live in Nashville, we became curious about, well, we've got Vanderbilt right down the, the street from us, so what are they doing? And so we kind of, we looked into it, we spent about a week investigating it. When I say investigating, we just, we, we looked at videos and material that they had posted over the years and no one had sort of noticed, and, uh, but we did notice it. And what we found is that, you know, at Vanderbilt, like in so many of these other hospitals, um, they are performing double mastectomies on minor girls as young as 16 years old mm. to try to masculinize them and, and turn them into boys. Uh, they're giving drugs to, to kids as young as 13, um, irreversible cross-hormone drugs that, that change their bodies irreversible. They're, they're giving uh, uh, pu so-called puberty blockers, which are chemical castration drugs, to kids even younger than that. Um, and this is, this is what they're doing. We also found videos where they talk about, they have one doctor who's, who's very proudly talking about how one of the reasons they got into this business is because there's lots of money to be made in it. In fact, she said it's a big money maker. Wow. And that's one of the reasons that they're doing it. Yeah. Senator, I know that you were one of the first people to be very unhappy to find this out. And uh, you've not been silent about it, which is no surprise. You're, you're pretty outspoken, which we appreciate. But what was your reaction when you found out that this was going on right in your state, Tennessee? When you look at what children are being subjected to, and you realize that they are able to go to this clinic, we're trying to find out if there is parental participation in this. We have written the FDA to find out if there are clinical trials that have been done. Are they looking at long-term effects? How are they studying the children that have been given these drugs that are being used as puberty blockers? And interestingly enough, many of these are being used off-label, and they're not drugs that are approved for children. So this is a way that the federal government has a responsibility. And you know, Governor, I think one of the things that gets lost in this, when you look at the left and you take everything into effect with CRT, what happens to kids on social media, question your gender, all of this, the left wants to control how you teach your children. They want to control your child's life and they're missing the point. The point is a parent is there to love, to teach, to train those children. It is not the government's job. Absolutely. And to do this without Absolutely. having the parent involved and finding out which medical centers are doing that, which are trying to use federal funds. Those are questions we want to know. You just mentioned something that no one has brought up before that I've heard. And that is that some of these drugs may be used off-label. In other words, they were never intended for this purpose. They may have the effect. And I'm thinking, we had medical doctors in this country who lost their medical license because they were using hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin to treat COVID patients because they weren't specifically designed for that. Matt, do you think people will lose medical licenses if they are discovered to have used drugs off-label? Well, that hasn't happened yet. We're working on that in Tennessee. You know, we're, we're going to try to pass a law in Tennessee that, that bans, uh, you know, any kind of, uh, of, of gender affirmation for kids, any, any, any irreversible 
changes made to children in the name of changing their gender should be banned. And that's what we're working on. The thing is, these kids, the other thing we have to keep in mind is that kids cannot consent. Like a child can't, cannot consent because they don't have the, the psychological uh, maturity to, to understand what they're, what they're doing and what the long-term effects are. And so anytime this happens to a kid, there, there, there could not be consent. It's happening against their will because they can't have consent because they're kids. I mean, it, it truly is a form of child abuse. We don't let kids vote. We don't let them buy alcohol or tobacco. We don't let them have a driver's license. We don't let them enter into contracts. And the reason is, is what Matt just said. This is frightening because we're putting an extraordinary sense of burden on children. Correct. Senator, it, it, I mean, it sounds like a form of child abuse for this mutilation to happen to these kids' bodies. And yet, you have people like Gavin Newsom that signed a bill this week that said children from all over the country can come there without the parents' consent and can get these surgeries, take these medications. Uh, As I said, we don't know what kind of clinical trials, research, how they're looking at long-term effects, how they're going to study children that have been subjected to this. We don't have any of that information, and the goal is to protect the children. And the psychological pressure and the abuse on those children is of tremendous concern to me as a mom and a grandmom. Matt? I know that you and the Daily Wire are sponsoring a rally. Tell us about when and where, and what what do you hope to to be able to do with the rally? Yeah, October 21st, uh, outside the Capitol building in Nashville, we're all going to be rallying to, we're calling it the rally to end uh, child mutilation, which is what what this is. And we've gotten an enormous response just in the last few weeks, ever ever since the uh, expose came out on Vanderbilt. I, I think what we find is that you don't need to explain to most people why it's wrong to mutilate children. What we do need to explain to people is that it's happening. Once they know it, I think every decent person, uh, no matter where you fall in the political spectrum, yeah. is against it. So we hope all those people come out on October 21st so we can all speak up. About yeah, it. This truly rises above politics. And, and I hope that if people have not seen those videos, because Vanderbilt scrubbed them from their website, you have them at the Daily Wire where people can still see them. You were able to capture them and archive them. Uh, and, and if people say, that's just not true, there's no way Vanderbilt would have ever done something like this. Well, you can see it for yourself and you can either say, no, it didn't happen, or you can believe your lying eyes. But I mean, there it is in living color. Thanks to both of you. Senator, I appreciate you having the courage to stand Absolutely. and uh, fight this issue and not just say, look the other way, it didn't really happen. And Matt, you're just a doggone troublemaker. Do you know that? Every time you show up, you just are causing trouble. And thank God you are. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you causing that kind of trouble. Now, if you need the details on the rally to end child mutilation, plus how to keep up with Senator Marsha Blackburn and Matt Walsh in real time, we have links for both of them at Huckabee.tv, and we hope you will take advantage of linking to them and standing with them, because they're standing for us. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is standing with us, for us, and somewhere over there near the stage, and he's going to tell us what we have coming up after the break. Well, up next, we celebrate National Faith and Blue Weekend with Reverend Markel Hutchins, and later, country music superstar Craig Morgan, tonight on Huckabee.
Whenever there's a disaster, Samaritan's Purse is on the ground, handing out help and handing out hope to all who need it. As their relief efforts for Florida ramp up in the wake of the devastating Hurricane Ian, Samaritan's Purse truly needs your support. I don't have to tell you that. You've seen the pictures. You see what's happening. So please consider going to the Samaritan's Purse website. Call them today. They're really going to be there for a long time. And that's one of the things I love about Samaritan's Purse. They don't just go in, spend a week, take photos and leave. They stay for months and if necessary, years to help the people. Therefore, they need your help. Please send a financial gift and make it generous. Thank you and God bless. Well, the National Faith and Blue Weekend is a nationwide initiative to bring together local police and churches. This event is October the 7th through the 10th. It was the inspiration of my next guest, who's also the chairman and CEO of Movement Forward Incorporated. Please welcome activist, speaker, businessman, and Reverend Markel Hutchins. Markel, great to have you back on the show. Thank you. It's good to be with you. When you were with us before, we talked about the inspiration, that there were so many people who had maybe anxiety and, and stress about police officers. And rather than just join the, the boo birds and the chorus of critics, you said, I want to do something positive and bring churches and police people together. How's that going? It's going wonderfully well. As you probably know, Governor Huckabee, I've been at the forefront of human and civil rights advocacy for the last 25 years since I was a teenager. And I was mentored by all of the icons that worked very closely with Martin Luther King Jr., including his wife, Mrs. Coretta Scott King, and so many others. But I think what we've seen over the last several years has not been representative of the kind of faith-based, Christ-centered leadership that Dr. King offered. We cannot simply curse the darkness. We have to light a candle, and that's mm. what I decided to do. When I started to see people in one corner yelling, our lives matter, people in a different corner yelling, our lives matter, I knew that we were headed in the wrong direction and we needed to cause communities and our nation's law enforcement professionals to see the humanity in one another and focus on the things that unite us and not the things that divide us. And I love that you mentioned Dr. King because he was uh, focused on community, building relationships with people, but people miss the fact that above everything else, he loved Jesus and he was a minister and he never considered himself so much a civil rights, uh, I guess, leader. He considered himself a preacher of the gospel. It was Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Andrew Young, Reverend John Lewis, Reverend Joseph Lowry, Reverend Ralph Dabadi, mm. Abernathy, and the list goes on and on. The, the objective of the civil rights movement, and quite frankly, my objective, is not to defeat anyone. We have lost the sense of decency and dignity in our discourse. What we're doing with Faith in Blue Weekend is giving communities of every kind things to come together and focus on the things that we agree about. And I have decided that if God gives me strength, I'm going to give every voice that I have to restoring the place of the church in our social discourse. That is a wonderful objective. We've just got a few seconds, so I've got to ask you to conclude with this. How is law enforcement responding to your efforts? And do they feel that somebody finally is trying to to support them and love them. It is incredible the response that we've gotten from law enforcement. But here's what we need. I need every church in America, every faith leader, to go to the website faithandblue.org. There's still plenty of time. Even if they do nothing, 
but invite their local law enforcement professionals into their churches on Sunday, uh, October the 9th. If they do nothing else, go to the website. We'll tell them how to do this. We want this to be expansive, and we want our nation's law enforcement professionals to know that we support them when they're right. We'll chastise them when they're wrong, but ultimately, we're all in this together. What a beautiful, beautiful ministry. God bless you. Obviously, his anointing is upon it. If you'd like to learn more about National Faith and Blue Weekend and find out how your church or your police department can get involved with this wonderful growing movement, visit Huckabee.tv. We'll connect you. Right now, I got a lot of faith in Keith Bilbrey. I got faith that he can tell us what's coming up. It's stand-up comedy from the hilarious Mike James, later best-selling author and host of the new TVN series, The Rosenberg Report, Joel Rosenberg, still to come on Huckabee. Huckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. And welcome back. Tonight's comedian is from right here in Nashville. That's right, right here. But he performs all over the country. He is open for comedy icons such as Gilbert Gottfried, Arsenio Hall, Kevin Hart, and the legendary Dick Gregory. And he's got a brand new dry bar comedy special coming out soon. It's called Southern Comfort. He's a very funny man. You're going to love him. Give him a warm welcome. The Mike James. Welcome him, please. Hey, everybody excited? How y'all doing? Good, man. I'm excited just to be out the house. I don't know. This last two years was rough. I don't remember how positive we were at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> it was like maybe this is God's way of saying that we need to be around the people we love. <laughs> I felt like that for like two hours. Now I was like, I gotta get out of here. I'm about to kill somebody. <laughs> Shout out to all the couples that made it through the pandemic. That was not easy. That was not easy. I'm married. I know that wasn't easy. Because I don't care how long you've been with somebody, how much you loved them. At some point during the pandemic, you hated them. You know? I knew my wife hated me. I knew she hated me when she told me I breathed too much. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> you know how you, like, we were watching a movie. You know how you feel somebody looking at you? She was looking at me ugly. I was like, what? She was like, why you breathe so much? <laughs> I was like, I'm trying not to die. What do you do? I don't know. I'm tall, I'm 6'5", got to talk about that because people get weird. I get it, you know, because you got expectations for tall people, you know, because if you see somebody 6'5 on TV, they're usually dunking on people, you know. <laughs> but if you're 6'5 and you're not in the NBA, it does not matter what you do for a living. It's people just look at you like you didn't make it. That's how they look at me. <laughs> like, you're a brain surgeon, that's cool. So did basketball not work out? Is that how you fell in that position? These expectations, y'all think tall people are strong. I don't know where y'all got that from. I was in Costco one day, I'm on the aisle, right? And this lady walks up to me, she's like, hey, excuse me, can you hand me that box off the top shelf? So I'm looking, I'm like, like, like you talking about this air conditioner? Like I'm, like, I'm just tall, I'm not a forklift, ma'am. I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying married with two kids, I got a 
12-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter. The kids are great in school. They're real smart. Uh, gets me nervous when I'm being in school because I hated school because uh, I got picked on a lot when I was in school and I don't want my kids to have to deal with that. You know? I got picked on because I was an awkward looking kid coming up, I'm be honest. I was real skinny. I used to have these real thick glasses I used to wear. I used to hear I was ugly all the time. Worst thing I ever heard was in seventh grade. This is true. I heard, you know, if you weren't so skinny and if you didn't have those glasses on, if you weren't so ugly, you could be my boyfriend. <laughs> which bothers me uh, to this day, it still bothers me. I'm gonna tell you why it still bothers me, all right? It's because the dude that said it to me, was a teacher, and I really don't feel like that's appropriate. I'm like, he's supposed to, supposed to build me up, not tear me down, sir. That's not how that's. Kids are great, man. They're growing up fast. Happened so quick, too. Like, I remember, like, they, when they were born, like, yesterday. I still remember when my wife told me she was pregnant with my daughter. I was so scared for my wife, too. I was, because she said that she wanted to have this baby naturally. I don't know if y'all know anything about natural childbirth, but that means she didn't want to have an epidural. I was like, ooh, that's uh, probably going to hurt. <laughs> I know y'all ladies looking at me like, Mike, come on now, you a dude. You do not know the pain of childbirth. That is fair. Uh, but let me say this. I have eaten too much cheese and tried to use the bathroom. <laughs> that had me crying, yeah. My wife ran to the bathroom. She was like, are you okay? I was like, I think I'm crowning. You need to get some water and a towel. <laughs> Something is happening, man. Getting older too, man. So I don't have the same patience I used to have when I was younger. Like I can't deal with like silly stuff, you know. Big thing, one thing I don't like, I don't like people that text and drive. You know, you've seen people doing that texting and driving. That's very dangerous. You can really, you can kill somebody. So if you're doing it, please stop. I, uh, I was on the interstate. Yeah, seriously. I, yeah. I was on the interstate one day and I had my, my kids in the back seat and uh, I saw this car swerving all over the interstate. And the closer I got to the car, I, I see it's a guy and he's texting on his phone, you know. And he's doing that thing where he's so into it, he's like trying to text with both hands and drive with his knee. Yeah, I, I lost it, because that's dangerous, you know, and I got my kids in the back seat. He's swerving all over the place. One time he swerved so hard that he almost hit us, so I had to like swerve to keep him from hitting us, and that made me spill my tequila. I'm like, yo, this is very, I had to call the police. That was top shelf. I was like, this is unacceptable, very irresponsible. <laughs> Tell you who I really don't like, though. I don't, I don't like people that don't snore. Yeah, people that don't snore, y'all are the biggest jerks. Because uh, y'all always judge us snores. Uh, like, you, do you think we do that on purpose? Y'all don't, don't understand what we go through. You don't know what it's like to not be able to fall asleep in public. You don't know what that's like. <laughs> like, I fell asleep on a plane. Oh, my goodness. I woke up. Everybody looked concerned. The flight attendant was charging a defibrillator. I was like, ma'am, I am not dying. I am just drowsy. I don't know. Y'all think we doing that on purpose? Y'all act like, you ever have them wake you up asking you dumb questions? Hey, wake up, why are you snoring so loud? Hey, do you hear yourself? Like, I, I am asleep, I don't know what I'm doing. My wife act like I'm just laying in bed thinking to myself, what can I do 
to make her kick me in my back every 15 seconds. Like, oh, I got it. I'll struggle to breathe all night to teach her a lesson. Guys, thank y'all so much. I'm Mike James. Really enjoyed you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Mike, that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We are thrilled to have you here. Thank you, sir. This audience loved you, and, I and I loved having you. And by the way, if you want to see more of the great comedy from Mike James, and I know you do, head to Huckabee.tv. We got the links directly to Mike James and all of his comedy. Now, this is not a joke. Keith, what's coming up next? Tell us. Well, Mike breaks down the midterm elections with polling expert Robert Cahaley next. And later, country superstar Craig Morgan is on Huckabee. but there's just few things I enjoy anymore than the fantastic music that we get every week from Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Let them know that you love what they do. You may be aware that Robert Cahaley is one of the best pulsers in the business. Guys like me that live in this world of politics, we absolutely know that. He runs the Trafalgar Group, and he says that the same stealth voters who elected Donald Trump in 2016, he thinks they're about to do it again in November and surprise some people. He predicts they're gonna turn out in droves and elect Republicans all over the country in Senate and House races. He might be right about that. He also predict predicted a President Donald Trump long before anybody else saw it coming. Please welcome back to the show one of the few people in the business that you actually can count on to give solid information Trafalgar Group Senior Strategist and Pollster, Robert Cahaley. Robert, welcome back. You saw something back in 2016, and none of the other pollsters thought it was coming. Um, you are seeing something happening this year. A lot of people are saying, this red wave isn't going to happen. Democrats are probably going to keep the Senate, and it'll be much closer in the House, even if Republicans win. They won't win big. Are they right or are they wrong? They're wrong. Uh, simply put. <laughs> in the wake of what Biden did when he, when he had that speech that was so threatening, yeah. and, and with what people are hearing about the FBI being involved with social media, and now the government asking the banks to track gun purchases, people are nervous. And, and they don't yeah. want to be put on a list. And what, we're, what we believe in a theory we've been putting out there is that they're just, they're avoiding being polled. They did it a little bit in 2020. You had to work a little harder to get to them. And in 2016, they were, they were hesitant to stay there for Trump and you had to use some vehicles to find the answer. But now I call these submerged voters. It, you know, they don't, they're not putting signs in the yard. There's no stickers on their car. They're not posting on social media and they're not answering polls at all. We've been approached by people who, who usually would answer our polls and said, hey, I wasn't sure whether that was really you. 
And like they're that, they're nervous. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you can believe that the government is sending people to pro-life people's homes and, and all the other stuff, then why wouldn't you think the governor, government is keeping track of what you say in a poll? Well, a lot of people think they might be. And what, wrong or right, it's in people's heads. And so they're just not participating. So what I've said is I think that we'll do better than all the other polling companies, but the Republican turnout will exceed even what we predict it will be. Will these people go vote, though? That's Absolutely. The big... That's okay. the thing. Because they have no outlet, the only way to scratch that itch is to vote. Mm. That is the way they get it done. They, and, and they're so anxious to vote, they can't wait to vote. See, that's good to hear because uh, even today when we did a live stream, which we do every week, we had some people that would say, well, if I don't trust the election process, is it even worth voting? And I think what I'm hearing you say is it's not only worth voting, it's the only way that we have to change the trajectory of where this country is headed. Absolutely. How many, how many people have watched the ball game and your team lost to the end when you knew it was a bad call? You didn't quit watching football. <laughs> you, you said, wait a minute. That might have not gone the way I wanted it to, but I still care, and, and you, st you still tune in next week. Let's talk about some of the races. Uh, Pennsylvania, Fetterman, Dr. Oz, how does that turn out? Well, I feel like at this point, Dr. Oz is going to pull that one off. Fetterman was in kind of a cocoon for like three months after his surgery and after you know he had his help and everything was going on. Nobody was like beating on him. It, it, he, Nobody left Oz alone, but it was just kind of like they didn't really hit him. And so he kind of emerged with a little bit of a lead. But now that the truth about his background and everything he's done and not done is coming out. And then add to what just happened at the Wawa and in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, there's this idea of this lawlessness. And the last thing anybody wants is to elevate a guy like him who's part of the problem. So let's take a look at your home state, Georgia. You live there. You have a pretty good feel for that. Tight race between Herschel Walker and uh, Raphael Warnock. Uh, predict that one. Well, I think Walker's going to come out on top. We had some recent polls that we did and a few other groups that are worth trusting that showed Herschel having an edge. And, and part of it is that one of the things that's happening is they have spent so much money. They beat up on Herschel so much so early and it's just almost just to survive that gauntlet, people are starting to, you know, tune in now and they're like, wow, this, why are they trying so hard? Why are they spending so much money? And then Herschel, when people see him in person and interact with him, they're seeing such a huge difference from the way he's being portrayed. And mm. he's spending a lot of time in, in a lot of the black community and, and he is destroying that base. I have a dozen or more races that I would love to ask you about on air, but can I just ask you for an assessment. How does it turn out? How many seats you predict for the House? How many for the Senate? What do things look like after Election Day? Of course, I realize it may be several months before we get all the votes counted. But hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. But what do you, what do you see? Well, put it this way. I can't, I can't possibly tell you what's going to happen in the next five weeks. But what I can say is if the election was next week, I think the Republicans would win the Senate by one or two. And I think they'd probably take the House between 25 and 30. So... That would be, we could live with that. We could definitely live with that. Robert, thank you. We always are thrilled to have you here. Absolutely. And uh, if you don't know, you can learn more about Robert, his polling work, and how to keep up with him online. You should do that because he's, uh, I think, one of the only people who's getting it right most of the time. Go to Huckabee.tv. We will get you connected. 
to Robert Cahaley and the Trafalgar Group. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to do a little connecting. He will connect you to what we have on the show coming up. Up next is best-selling author and host of the new TVN series, The Rosenberg Report, Joel Rosenberg. And later, country legend Craig Morgan is on Huckabee. shop.huckabee.tv and get your very own made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. And welcome back, everybody. Joel Rosenberg is the founder of the Joshua Fund. He's a Middle East expert, and he's also the best-selling author of 17 spy novels and four nonfiction books. Right now, he's entering a new field. He is going to be the host of the Rosenberg Report. It is a great new series shot in Israel, all about Israel and the Middle East, and it debuts on TBN right here on this network, October the 6th. I talked to Joel recently about what viewers can expect from the Rosenberg Report. When Matt Crouch asked me to do the Rosenberg Report, he basically said, there's never been a show on network television, much less on TBN, that's originally a primetime show produced in Israel, in the Middle East every week, covering the big stories uh, affecting Israel and the Arab Muslim world, certainly of the Iran nuclear threat and the Russian-Iranian alliance and Bible prophecy and so many other issues. There's never been a show produced from here every week, primetime. Would you do it? And I told him, Matt, you know, I have a face for radio. You know, I don't know, <laughs> questioning your judgment, why you would have me on television. So to be able to talk as a Jewish evangelical from Israel, an Israeli citizen, about the big issues here uh, to the American Christian world and elsewhere around the world, it, it's a very exciting opportunity, and there is no shortage of stories to cover. No one, Jewish, uh, evangelical, atheist, nobody has ever had the kind of access uh, to the capitals of that many governments in the Middle East. What's behind that? I can't really explain it. Um, it it's a, a sovereign decision by God to open up doors. I certainly have prayed for these leaders for years. Jesus commands me to love my neighbors. And some people say, well, those aren't your neighbors. They're your enemies. Well, I don't see them that way. But if, okay, Jesus said, love your enemies. So that pretty much covers everybody in this region. And um, I've been praying for them. And I have prayed for an open door. The Apostle Paul Prayed, asked, asked believers to pray for open doors. He wanted to go see Caesar Nero. So I figured, well, you know, if he's praying to meet Caesar Nero, um, the least I can do is pray for the leaders in this region. Um, so God has just sovereignly decided it. That didn't mean I thought I was going to end up, you know, running two news sites, all Israel news and all Arab news, much less start a weekly primetime television show. But I think God has uniquely positioned me. Um, he has his own sovereign reasons we'll find out in heaven someday. Um, but I think it'll help me explain to evangelicals what is going on, not just here in Israel, although that's super important to me and I, and I think to most of your viewers, but in the Arab world, how do they see religious freedom? 
what's going on with the church. I want to tell not just the the stories of the Iran nuclear threat and the Russian-Iranian alliance and threats from other terrorist organizations and so forth. I want to tell the stories that 60 Minutes and CNN will never tell you, the, the big untold stories of how the church is growing in the Middle East. And so, who are some of the, the heroes of the faith in this part of the world? Uh, one of the people we'll profile is the guy I call the Billy Graham of Iran. Uh, he was once a Shia Muslim uh, on the streets of Tehran in 1979 saying, death to Israel, death to America. Then he thought, well, maybe not death to America quite yet. I'd like to go to graduate school over there. And um, that, in the United States, he and his wife came to faith in Jesus Christ. And now they're running the leading foremost satellite television network, beaming the gospel and Bible teaching into Iran. What a great story. You're not going to get that on 60 Minutes. You will get it on the Rosenberg Report. What's the big impact of the Abraham Accords and the realignment of the Middle East? Uh, the Abraham Accords are miraculous and they're prophetic. Nobody believed uh, the Arabs were ready to make peace prior to the Palestinians, who have been incredibly intransigent, and nobody thought President Trump could do it, but he did it. And it's an answer to the millions and millions of prayers of evangelical Christians to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's also prophetic because Ezekiel 38 tells us that Israel will be secure, but then Russia and Iran will form an alliance to come attack us, the war of Gog and Magog. We don't know if that's close, but suddenly the, the security of Israel has never been greater. I think it's uh, one of many reasons that our TBN audience is going to enjoy the Rosenberg Report. And uh, Joel, we look forward to seeing you back in the States when you can come. But in the meantime, uh, as we say, next year in Jerusalem, I'll see you there. Thank you, Governor. Wonderful. I look forward to it. The Rosenberg Report is coming to TBN starting October the 6th. If you want more information on the show and on Joel Rosenberg, if you visit Huckabee.tv, we will get you all connected. Right now, Keith Bilbrey, why don't you give us a report? I think you know what's coming up and we would like to know ourselves. Well, up next, conversation and music from country superstar Craig Morgan, right here on Huckabee. next week for country music's John Rich and hilarious political columnist Ron Hart. Well, you know tonight's musical guest is a Grand Ole Opry member with 25 Billboard country chart hits. But he's also a family man, an outdoorsman, he's a TV host, and you may not know this, he's a U.S. Army veteran with an incredible military record from Panama to Thailand. All of that. And what's really cool, he tells all about it in this new memoir. And I love the title. It's perfect for him. God, family, country. Please welcome. We love him. He's been here many times. And he'll be back again. Craig Morgan, welcome him. You know, I, I, this is a real book. I mean, you've lived yeah. quite the life, my friend. 
Yeah, it's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> you go back and read the story of your life. You said, I did all that stuff. I really thought this book and writing the book, it was just going to be another project. Yeah. And when the book's done, you know, I'll go on to the next project, but it's it's really different. It's the most different thing I've ever I mean, done. I'm sure it's therapeutic to relive, and especially, I, I think a lot of people are going to be really intrigued. They know you, Craig Morgan, the country music star. What they may not know is Craig Morgan, who did covert work as a paratrooper in places like Panama and Thailand. I mean, there's some real adventure in this book, because there's some real adventure in Craig Morgan's life. It was. Uh, you know, I, I tell people I spent half of my life in my occupation where if someone knew who I was, where I was, or what I was doing, I failed at my mission. Mm. And now I'm in an occupation where if you don't know who I am, where I am, or what I'm doing, I'm <laughs> failing in my mission. That's a great way to look <laughs> yeah. at it. You did work with uh, stopping sex trafficking in Thailand. That was one of yes, the sir. things. I mean, we, we hear all about it now, but when you were doing this, people didn't know that stuff was going on. It's one, of the, it's one of the most overlooked problems I believe we have in the world and even in our country. It, it happens every day. It, it is, no questions, modern-day slavery. Uh, and I've done a lot of things, uh, as you alluded to, uh, with the, yeah. working with the agency and, and with the special forces, supporting those guys, supporting being in the Army, all of that stuff. But that was one of the more horrific things I've ever experienced uh, because you're in a situation where a guy like me uh, if I see something, a wrong being done, I'm willing to take the pain to, to try to stop that. Yeah. So, but, but you're in a situation where you, you're, at that moment, it is better for you to not do what you think you need to do in order to be successful. Because we have to put these people in jail. And if you do the wrong thing at the wrong time, they're not going to go to jail. And you're not doing these, the, uh, the uh, victims any favors. We're going to do music here in just a moment as we close out our conversation. Is it true that you were serving in Iraq when you found out that your song, um, That's What I Love About Sunday, had topped the charts in the U.S.? Is that, is that how that happened? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I've had a few songs top the charts when I was overseas. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. You're over there fighting for the country, and on the radio it comes on, and there's your song, and you're a hit back home. But the thing is, you're serving our country in uniform. Craig, I hope the book is a bestseller. It has every reason to be. People love your music, but they're going to love your story because it's just very powerful and it's very patriotic and it's filled with faith uh, because he's the real deal. And Keith, while we get ready to do a little music, I'm going to let you tell the audience how they can hear more of Craig Morgan and how to get his brand new book. Just go to Huckabee.tv to find Craig's new memoir, God, family, country, plus all his music and an online exclusive performance of That's What I Like About Sunday. Now, performing How You Make a Man with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and Mike on Bass, here's Craig Morgan! Six day God made Adam out of dust. Teacher said that the Big Bang, Big Bang, Big Bang is where we came from. Mama said it's a miracle we're all born straight out of love. But Daddy 
saying, let me take you, son. It's the good days, bad days, goodbye, heartbreaks, tailpipes, waiting cause you didn't say enough. The loss and the tears and the laughs and the fears, the wars you find, the ones you walk away from. You run, you crawl, you rise, you fall, you hit your knees till you learn to stand. Yeah, that's how you make a Put everything on a on job, shiny thing, diamond ring. I would have done anything. I promised that girl the whole wide world. Right before she left, she left a boy broken. Yeah, I remember what my daddy said. It's a good. Say enough, the loss and the tears and the laughs and the beers, the one. 